We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Not much comes close to the uh, idiotic play by Brendan Gallagher in the last 10 minutes of last night's Montreal Islanders game. Welcome to the show. We're firing on all cylinders, even if it's only four cylinders, Marty, uh, on this Friday edition. And we got a uh, turbo. There's a turbo, though. There's a four cylinder and then the turbo kicks in. (laughs) Yeah. Turbo elbow from uh, Brendan Gallagher. Honest to God, I just don't know how. First of all, it's a miracle that Montreal won the game last night. Yes. But to do something so dumb and so blatant with less than 10 minutes to go when your team is in control of the game only to surrender. Like, but you know why I'm fired up? Because I hate the fact that the league immediately dismisses it as something not serious enough to warrant an in-person suspension. It was so blatant and so ridiculous. And the time has come to start throwing the book at people for doing stupid things like this, especially when they come to headshots, which is what they allegedly are trying to get out of the game. Okay, let's breathe through the nose. I'm trying to get your attention because you're like the guy that doesn't even want to be here today. No, no, it's not that. Oh, listen, let's not (laughs) And you were working the Montreal broadcast last night. I was working. What did I say after the game? If you were I don't know, dude. I watched the game on mute. I know, exactly. You should always turn me up. Turn the sound up. What did I say after the game? I, I hear you in enough languages. A, I know. Okay. Well, you're coming at me this morning. Like, let me explain myself here. <laughs> uh, I'm having some issues this morning. My computer is still saying restarting and with a reel that keeps going. So I'm, I don't have access to anything on my computer. I have to do it off my phone. That's number one. Number two, um, yes, I was working the game last night. And after the game, I said, okay, this is like Brendan Gallagher. He he usually plays the game honest, and he walks the line. I'll say this, he walks the line. But look, I love Pat Coletta. I would take Pat Coletta, and I love the guy. He's a great guy. And But Pat Coletta would do the same type of stuff, like walk the game, walk the line, right, when it's about little things and, and you know, scrums and all of that. Look, I, I Gallagher... I believe has never been suspended. So that's the one thing. Now, was that a stupid uh, elbow to the head of Adam Pellick? Absolutely. But was that uh, one that I thought was going to be an in-person hearing? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I, but I felt like this was going to be a five game suspension anyway. So they still can give him a five game suspension and in-person hearing is going five and more. A call is up to five. So I thought it was going to be a five game suspension. Why do I think it's a five? Because this is very similar to the Charlie McAvoy hit on Oliver Ekman Larson. Mm-hmm. The puck was nowhere near. Like this, Adam Pellick had moved the puck. It was, it was late. It was direct contact to the head. Now, is it an elbow or is it a shoulder with an elbow that continues? That could be debated, but it was the same thing with McAvoy. It looked like it's a you know upper part of the arm that hits and then the elbow continues. 
Mm-hmm. But it is a stupid play. It's a stupid play, and it needs to not happen in games. And so I said five games, but they already have a base to uh, to compare to. And that was mm-hmm. Ekman, uh, Edmund Larson when he got hit from Michael Boyd. That was four. So I think that's where it all comes down to. But you're right. Like Montreal in that game, by the way, not to go into Montreal's game too much because it's the Islanders, the Montreal Canadiens, whatever, Patrick Roy's return. They were up 3 nothing. Jake Evans takes a stupid penalty. They're shorthanded already. They're up 3 nothing. He tries to go in on a breakaway. He grabs Noah Dobson's stick with his free hand and literally moves it out of the way. Like, boom. And he's like, oh, what, what did I do? Dude, you grabbed a guy's stick with your free hand and you swung it out of the way. So then they go down five on three and they give up a goal. And then Gallagher does this and they give up two goals and all of a sudden it's 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. And you're thinking, damn, Patrick Waugh is going to go back to Montreal now as the new head coach of the New York Islanders. And he's going to win that game where it shouldn't even been close. Yeah. It was 3 nothing, and Montreal was under control. Anyway, I think it's going to be a five-game suspension. I wouldn't be surprised if they just matched Charlie McAvoy's four-game suspension. Uh, but as we know now, this was a match penalty. Like, there's no major in that situation. It's either a two-minute minor for a legal hit to the head or a five-match penalty. Because mm. JT Miller, when he hit Rasmus Dahlin, they couldn't give him just a five. He had to either kick him out of the game with a match penalty or just give him a two, and they gave JT Miller a two that game. Well, like, they couldn't have given him a five-minute elbowing penalty? Ooh. When you choose to well, go no. hit to the head, well, it's it, different. I, I, I get that. The call anyway. was illegal, hit to, uh, illegal right. check to the head. So that's where the – and you could have picking, You could have said that's a roughing penalty and given him, you know, double minor for roughing if you want. <laughs> right. You can pick yeah, whatever yeah. penalty you want to pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, these are all relevant to the Sabres because these are all teams that are chasing spots. So I guess the good news is it didn't end up being a three-point game. But the fact of the matter is it's the six teams in between that are almost irrelevant right now because the wildcard teams continue to pull further away. Tampa's on a hot streak. They're not even a wildcard team anymore as they are third in the division and they have eight wins in their last 10 games. Detroit, stunningly, after you know, having a real rough patch upon the signing of Pat Kane, which had little to do with Pat because, of course, yes. he was producing. He was, yeah. Uh, they lost uh, seven of nine, pardon me, nine of 11, and then now have gone nine, three, and one in the last 13. And they have widened their gap as the second wildcard team to nine points once again over the Sabres. And even in games played, and, you know, it's um, that's why you can't just be kind of going back and forth here, one win after the other. Um, the, the oddity for me, and maybe it's because we're too close to it sometimes and you have a tendency to dissect losses more than you appreciate wins, but of the non-playoff teams right now in the Eastern Conference, <laughs> the Sabres are the hottest <laughs> they are six and yeah. four in the last 10. There's nobody not in the playoffs in the East that has that good a record. So it, I don't think it feels like that, but it is what it is. And the, the problem is they have to go at least seven, two and one in all of the next 10, if they're going to make a dent. So. No, you, you do, you do have to get on a hot run. And I said, uh, I, I want to say somebody asked me, are the, Oh, my barber yesterday, are the Sabres going to make the playoffs? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you know what? 
not only do they have to win two out of three, two out of three, two out of three, but I would expect they got to go into a seven or eight game winning streak at some point because going two out of three for the rest of the year, um, just regular like this is is not easy to do. But to to get hot and then to cool down a little bit and play 500 hockey for a couple of weeks, three weeks, and then get hot again is probably the uh, the best way to do it. But you're right. Like, it's funny because the middle of the pack right now, nobody wants to take that huge step forward, right? Everybody's taking a step forward, a step back, a step forward, a step back. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the New York Islanders are in that that boat right now. They they win a game where against Dallas, the first game of Patrick Roy, that they felt they shouldn't have won. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights where they they they, no, they, they no they lost to Vegas Golden Knights where they felt like they should have won. And I really thought that they were going to come back and win that one where they shouldn't have even been in the game. So it was kind of uh, an awkward situation there. But, uh, yeah, you know, well, a fun night of hockey altogether. But those three games for the Islanders are also known as every game they've played this year. Like, that's what they are. That's why they go to the overtime more than any other team. Like, they – it's they're just a bunch of coin flip games with the Islanders and you don't know. And on the bad nights, obviously their, their goaltending hasn't been at quite what it was in previous years. Um, so I don't know. I mean, for me, like that's why the coaching change seemed odd in that. Obviously they were only two points out. They're still obviously now not in the mix after losing two of three. Um, I don't know realistically how quickly Lou and or you think Patrick Waugh can make an impact to make the Islanders actually different than what they are. No, I can't. And I, I have, uh, I want Patrick Waugh to have success because I look, I know I've discussed this with you on this show saying um, this is, there's a part of Patrick Waugh being hired by the Islanders. That's recycling an old coach, right? He's coached with the Colorado avalanche and he's been around and he's a big mm-hmm. name. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a, a part of the, the crowd that's going to say, oh, this is always the same thing in the NHL. Nobody new gets a shot. Nobody out of juniors gets a shot. Nobody out of Europe gets a shot. But there's a part of Patrick Roy that's, hey, this is a coach that went back to juniors and has built that resume. So I'm like, I want him to have success. But the the roster is flawed. Um, The way this team plays, look, you know, yesterday it was Matt Barzell. It was Bo Horvat. Those were the guys, right? Other than that, they didn't seem to have anything. Noah Dobson, Duffer, on that five-minute major with which the Islanders scored two goals, Noah Dobson played four and a half minutes, one shift. He got on at the start of the five minutes and stayed until there was 30 seconds left in the penalty. I would he was on so. the ice for He was on the ice for four and a half minutes. That was well, one shift. Well, why wouldn't he be? He's one of the top defensemen in the league. I get that. But you would think that if you have uh, other tools at your disposal and you're like, hey, you give me a couple mm-hmm. of minutes, even a two-minute shift, and then I'm going to take you out for 45 seconds and you go back for two more minutes. No, he was out there. He was like, no, I'm good, coach. I'm staying out there. Yeah, I I don't think those often play out in theory um, as you want because you can't – it's like, hey, come off for 30 seconds. The play might not evolve to the point where you can change out the way you would want to change out. I'm uh, – corrupted if you will in this way of thinking by the san jose vegas game that led to the cody eakin rule which led to reviewing of major penalties when yeah. you go back and you look at san jose's comeback on that power play it was all the same guys for almost the entire five minutes mm-hmm. including eric carlson 
So like I look at it and I go like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like Noah Dobson's having a career year. Of course he would play the entire five minute. And a little bit of that is maybe Patrick's impact. Look, I, I'm not saying, I just said, I don't think Patrick Carr is going to have that big of an impact to put the Islanders in a playoff spot. But mm-hmm. we all know that Patrick has been a little bit thinking outside of the box when he was with yeah. Colorado, pulled his goalie with three and a half minutes, right? Two goals down, three mm-hmm. and a half minutes, four minutes. Let's pull the goalie and it worked. And then he did it again and it worked. And then the rest of the league is like, oh, like we're allowed to pull our goalies with more than two minutes left because it was usually was like down two goals, two minutes down one goal, like a minute and a half was, was you were aggressive. If you did it with a minute, you were like the norm. Right. And that was the, the, the pattern that the NHL and their coaches had. Now we saw it down Granado the other day, down three, nothing in San Jose. Five and a half minutes, six minutes. Let's pull the goalie. Let's see what happens. Hey, we scored. Okay. And some coaches sometimes have scored, our teams have scored too quick that mm-hmm. then you're down a goal and there's still three and a half minutes. And you have to, like, you're almost thinking, I'm going to keep my goalie in now for the next two minutes because yeah. I don't want to pull my goalie again with three and a half minutes left that we're only down one goal. There's actually been that situation, uh, but it's all Patrick and uh, his, his forward thinking that, that has led to some of those uh, aggressive nature coach in the league. Sabres are in San Jose, and that'll happen tomorrow afternoon, 3.30 pregame coverage on MSG. Of course, uh, no update yesterday because the team was off on any of yeah. their injured players, so we will await that news this afternoon. You can catch it on social media channels of the Sabres, of course, and as mentioned, they are nine points back of Detroit going into what is the final game before their break, so they're not going to be able to you know, make significant inroads from a standings standpoint before they hit the break but um they can only do what they can do here and that is uh pick up two more and hope that you know they come back healthier i think the like the troubling there there are troubling parts to the overview of what's happened so far in the first 48 games and it dawned on me today the fact that you had four 30 goal scorers last year yeah. And almost five. Victor was at 28. They might not have a 25 goal scorer this year. And it's certainly looking like they're not going to have a 30 goal scorer, you know, and that's a, that's pretty hard to overcome when you're built around that, what we thought that that was their, their strength, right? Like that they were going to be able to continue, even if they dipped from top three at 3.57 goals a game. Even if they dip down to middle of the pack, Carolina mm-hmm. still scores 3.2 a game. They're middle of the pack. The Sabres yeah. are a third of a goal lower than that per game. You know, so it, it's this whole thing that we dissect on a regular basis here. Like yesterday, it was more from the goaltending and shot reduction standpoint, but they still look at this group and, and they have to figure out a way to get more dominant offensively. Yeah. And you mentioned the 30 goal scores last year. And you mentioned Victor Olofsson. I mean, yeah, he had 28 goals last season. But I personally, I wasn't thinking, hey, I'm counting on Victor Olofsson to give the Sabres the same production or more. Like, that's right. not where the, the offense is it a snag. The offense is it a snag from the top guys that, you know, had career years and um, are on the power play and were a force early in the season last season to produce on that power play. And now it's not there. And really, again, like we look around the National Hockey League yesterday, 
teams use the power play to get back into games. Teams use the power play to get a third goal in a game, a fourth goal in a game. That's how you can add to your offense. Your your five-on-five play is going to be your, your foundation. Nobody, nobody usually can get anywhere without having solid five on five, a good foundation, but you can build two different houses. And I'd like to build the big fancy house with the power play that produces and puts all the bells and whistles everywhere. And that was the fun aspect of the Sabres, because once you get your power play going, the rest of it, it's even better. Um, You know, just Montreal Islanders game, you know, two power play goals. Well, three power play goals really for the Islanders, get them, Mm -hmm. you know, to three, three. Um, Was their five-on-five play good? No, their foundation wasn't good, but the power play came through. The Sabres have not had their bells and whistles. They've You can say all you want about the five-on-five production this year for the Sabres, which has been, you know, top. Well, they probably slipped down to 12 now, but they were top 10 for a lot. Uh, goals at five-on-five. Yeah. And, but it's not going to get you a playoff spot if you don't have a power play that can boost you to that spot. Right, and at five on five, four and against, they are still top sixteen, which is you know one of our off-season talking points that should yeah. have helped them be into a better spot than they are. And of course, you look around, and you know we've focused a lot on L.A. because the Sabers just played them. Uh, Calgary is now in the doldrums once again; they've lost four in a row. St. Louis is getting hotter in the East. Of course, it's Philadelphia. Ever since Shana Goldman, who is joining us at the bottom of the hour. Ever since I led off last week by saying the Flyers are going to win the division, aren't they? They've lost four in a row. <laughs> yes, they well, signed on Tippett to a to a, a long term extension, eight years, yeah. six point two per. Um, you know they've lost four in a row. It's uh, the Rangers are uneven, and we mentioned the hot teams in the Eastern Conference, which continue to be Boston, Florida, Tampa. Um, you know, Carolina is consistently good. Detroit is hot right now. Toronto gave themselves enough of a cushion, certainly over Buffalo, that they don't have to worry about it. But they are they are in a in a less than desirable spot, meaning at least today they're sitting in a wild card position, which is probably where few would have expected them to be. No, yeah. And look at I just did a uh, a big power play spiel, but Tampa is number one on the power play this year in the National Hockey League. So Okay, you are able to get top three in the division and you were right. middling in the wild card, but the power play is getting you there, right? Who's number three? The Carolina Hurricanes. Despite mm-hmm. terrible goaltending this year, their power play is third and has mm-hmm. gotten them there. Who's fourth? The Boston Bruins. Who's fifth? The Edmonton Oilers, who are mm-hmm. now all of a sudden getting back to, hey, this could be a Stanley Cup winning team. Um, Who's seven? The Colorado Avalanche. Who's eight? The Vancouver Canucks. Who's nine? The, the Leafs. Who's 11? The Red Wings. Like that, that's the key. The key right here mm-hmm. is the extra points that you need. And I sound like almost Al Pacino here in uh, any given Sunday. The extra inches we need is all around us. And we fight and claw for that inch, right? <laughs> well, that's the power play. That's the power play. That's that inch that you need to claw for to get you in that spot. And I want to see maybe that break is going to be a way. Look, one game, San Jose, Saturday, good. And then my break would be I am going to dissect that power play even more mm-hmm. um, just because there has to be a solution. That is that is something you can find a solution to. Um, and, and hopefully they can. 
It's just something you can't guarantee or shouldn't like you did at the start of this road trip. Well, you know what? I'm not a betting man, but I know that the reason no, but why... You act like one, but you need to know when to act and when not to act. Well, I know that uh, the, the, these casinos everywhere and the sports books are not putting money out there for advertising because they're losing money. So mm. like most betting people, I make predictions and I made two predictions. Well, I made one and I'm 0 for 2 on this road trip so far. Because yeah. the first game, they lost to the Anaheim Ducks and they scored mm. a power play goal. And the second game, they didn't score a power play goal, and they beat the uh, like right, right. Um, <laughs> the quoting of Pacino there <laughs> leads me to another. It, I'm actually embarrassed to tell you how often I I think about like why is Marty the way Marty is. Like I spend an inordinate amount of my time off air thinking about like how how did Marty become. Like, cause I, first of all, I'm always complimenting you, right? Like you're the yes. easiest guy to work with, but just as a simple fact, like when you quote Pacino there, I was wondering the other day, how many times do you watch movies before you have lines memorized? Um, it's a, it's a good story. I, I always have a TV on, so whatever is on, like it kind of jars your memory to certain movies or whatnot, or, or there's times where I just go online and I'm like, oh, there's, there's, you know, a rabbit hole of movie clips that you just okay. watch over and over again. And then it yeah. reminds you of those. But I will tell you this, probably 2002, 2003, maybe the cutoff, right? Like anything 90s until the mid 2000, that was, it's in my memory. Everything after that is getting a little bit like foggy because that's when the kids came. So I can quote Door the Explorer. I can quote the Vigitales. I can quote like uh, Elmo. I can quote that, but movies, not so much. That's not true. You quote so many movies. It's crazy. Even if they don't yeah, get they're the all old. There. Oh, they're what's all that? Old they're all, they're old? all old. Uh, I don't know. I find that hard to believe. So anyway, you want to know why I came in really hot today? Uh, because you're preparing for a uh, Don Stevens masterful uh, game in uh, Rochester tonight. Well, I am preparing, and the Amherst will be looking for seven wins in the last nine, and they will have Devin That's why Poole. I have my Amherst stuff. I want to give you, you support, you and Donnie, you. for the Amherst tonight. They will have Devin Cooley in goal, so uh, Devin's coming off a terrific game. He hasn't played much. He only got one start this month here in January, but that's what happens with three goalies. But, uh, no, the reason I, I came in re- really hot did have something to do with the Montreal Islander game last night. No. Okay. Well, first of all, I got a text from a friend on the West Coast that said, you're cheating on me. Yes. <laughs> because they don't know that I, of course, know all of your freelance gigs. So when they, <laughs> see, when they see you working for somebody else, they're thinking, well, I better tell Brian. You know? Yes. He <laughs> so, doesn't know that. He's not into the league. He's not plugged uh, in. So anyway, so that was one thing. And then once I you know, saw that the cheating was on full display... I was like, you son of a, like the only reason that you went to your barber was so that you could debut your new half mullet do on Canadian television, as opposed to doing it right here on Sabres Live or doing it on MSG on Saturday. No, you chose to show Canada first, even though you're now an American passport holder. So yes, I was mildly offended by your choice in styling yesterday it wasn't that it's just that uh i was gonna get a haircut saturday 
before our afternoon game, but he was only available later in the afternoon, which I couldn't do it. And then it was going to be late next week and I couldn't do that. And there was an opening yesterday morning that worked. So that's one, but I'll tell you this Duffer. And then this is, um, I'm going to share this story because yes, I, I cheated on you yesterday by going up and doing some work in Toronto, but more than that, I also, so I was working with Tessa Banam yesterday, and Tessa is great. Um, her husband's a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, by the way. Um, and so she was talking to him throughout the game. He was stressing out. But around the holiday season, Tessa was like, hey, Marty, do you guys have Welsh grape juice in, in Buffalo? Because we don't have those in Canada anymore. And my kids love Welsh grape juice. Oh, so man. I got her a big like family uh, size like welch grape juice and when i got there i put it on this on this on the desk right and she's like oh my god this is awesome so she was <laughs> laughing but but it's like i feel like i love doing that for you guys like when i go up to the meal and i bring you a cookie back it's like hey duffer here's a cookie i was thinking of you during the meal right so i love doing little things like this for my co-workers and yes. and, and, and and you know just if it's a cookie or, uh, you know, you do the same thing. Like when we get ready for Sabres Live at the arena and you're like, hey, I'm getting a coffee at Tim Hortons. Anybody wants anything? And yeah. and mm-hmm. Addie and I are, you know, uh, yeah. you know, getting something, a hot chocolate or something. Like, uh, so, yeah, I did cheat on you a little bit with that Welsh <laughs> grape juice. Don't, uh, you can lay off the cookie deliveries, okay? After what happened last time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but sometimes the cookies are a little uh, harder and not yeah. as soft. And uh, Duffer almost broke uh, five teeth uh, chewing <laughs> on a cookie the other day. Okay, on that note, wow, what a first 25 minutes. Anyway, I don't know whether I feel better or worse with the... <laughs> hey, my computer just came back to life, by the way. It took like okay. 30 minutes and it just came back to life. Okay, so we may see you through a different lens as we yes. continue here on Sabres Live. Amherst are playing at home tonight and tomorrow night. And Shayna Goldman is next on Sabres Live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Shana Goldman's here for her weekly appearance on Sabres Live and wants nothing to do with hockey because her and Marty are in a love fest over the Australian Open. Get it out of your system, gang. Go ahead. Yeah, let's go. Marty, hit me. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll tell you this. I've watched a lot of doubles <laughs> tennis, and I'm like, it's entertaining to watch doubles. Uh, they are fun to watch. Now, it's not the the the, the high-end tennis of the singles, especially in the matches, but... Uh, yeah, so last night we got a little bit of a surprise, which was to your delight with the the Joker um, yep. kind of falling apart against Yannick Sinner. It was amazing. I After that third set, too, I was thinking, I'm like, that's it. There were certain points as Sinner lost, and I'm like, that's it. This is going to be the turning point, and I'm going to be fuming that I stayed up. But nope, I'm thrilled. Uh, I hope everybody stays with the NHL long enough to see who wins the scoring race this year. 
because it is out of control. Who are you betting on? McKinnon or Kucherov or a what? It would probably take four points a game for McDavid to to make the the push now. Right? Although last night he, he could I, do it. He, he quietly had three and a three nothing Edmonton win for their 15th straight victory. So he is the leader in average game scored this season. Just ahead of McKinnon, but to me, it has to be McKinnon. And I would go team support a little bit more because I think the key differences and what Kucherov is doing is outstanding. To me, MVP caliber should be in the hard trophy race. And it's tough because I think the field is pretty open to a number of candidates. Um, You're seeing McKinnon dominate his minutes a little bit more. And the team systems, the team support, the depth of the avalanche might be helping plus his superstar qualities. Um, and in Kucherov's minutes, you do see some of the numbers, you know, two games ago, he had this incredible performance on the score sheet, but then you look at the numbers below the surface and they're getting outshot and outchanced and a superstar can outperform that, right? They can change a game in minutes and that's what he is. But I feel like some of the players, you know, the weak blue line, the fact that Stamkos has been so bad defensively, I think that's, what's going to pull Kucherov back, but to a very minor degree. Do we think they are going to get to 150 points this year? Maybe 160? Like, I know that I'm trying to compare Matthews maybe getting to 70 to what McKinnon and Kucherov may do, right? Like, yeah. uh, 70 goals was 92-93. The last time a player got to 160 points in a season was Mario in 95-96, I believe. So they're both hard to do, but I'm trying to compare if Matthews gets to 70 like, what else can McKinnon and Kucherov do that will have that impact? And for me, it's 160 points in the season. Yeah, I think both can exceed 140. And it's going to be interesting, too, because the Lightning, I feel like, for a team that's ready for the playoffs, right, you would imagine a little bit of load management. The Lightning can't afford that ever no. this season. So Kucherov, if he's healthy, has to play 82 games, period, the end. The Avalanche have done the load management with McCarr and Ransonen and McKinnon. And McKinnon, I feel like, is a guy you literally have to rip out of a lineup. But considering how close the Central Division is, I could see them also saying, we can't afford that either. We have to battle for an, a better place in the standings and for every point we can get to have that home ice advantage because Dallas and Winnipeg are right there too, as much as I do think the Avs are a step above. So I feel like the fact that two, the, the two are more than likely to play 82 games only heightens the chance of them hitting that 160 mark, which would be unbelievable, right? Yeah, I think it'll land probably between 140 and 150. But yeah. even if they do, Marty, you bring up a really you know good, uh, and I know it ties with what Shana was saying, which is there's a, probably a pretty big field here for the MVP. But when you look at the top two goal scorers, which is Matthews at 39 and Reinhardt, who's scoring in all situations and, of course, game winners as well, like – who has had, and and Shana, maybe you can speak to it not just from, you know, what we see on the surface, but you know, player impact per game. Um, I, I would I would look at like right right now, Reinhardt, Matthews, Kucherov, and McKinnon as your four MV, and I wouldn't know who has truly had the biggest hand in guiding their teams to where they are. Who, like, who's the MVP of those four? I, right now, would say McKinnon. I would pull Reinhardt out if I had to choose one. And yeah. it's because he plays the majority of his minutes in all situations with Barkov. As we're talking about the Selkie race, you know, aside from the scoring race, as we talk about the Selkie race, their names are both going to be in it. 
because mm-hmm. what they're doing is incredible. Um, you look at the playmaking that Barkov has, the control in his minutes, the the discipline, everything and more. And it's not to take away with what Reinhardt's doing. I think he's been absolutely positively fantastic. But I think when you have the two players so closely linked, it's why McKinnon's been out of the race before, right? Because it's, well, it's McKinnon and Rantanen. It's Dreisaitl and McDavid. Mm-hmm. So if you can separate someone and say, well, it's Matthews above all else, which you can say, and it's McKinnon above all else, I think that's what's going to keep them and Kucherov at the top just above Reinhardt, who should be in the self-conversation. He's in the scoring race, so maybe he has a good chance of a trophy still. Okay, I'm going to move to the Metropolitan Division because it seems like we have teams that are taking steps forward, like Carolina, teams that are taking steps back, like the Flyers, coaches that are taking pucks to the face, like Lindy Ruff. Uh, there's a lot of things that are happening in that division. Um, is Carolina now clear? Like, oh, they don't need a goalie because they're winning. Uh, you know, <laughs> and New Jersey, well, they definitely need a goalie because they're not winning. Like, is there some more clear... Um, storylines that we need to figure out out of that division? I think the Devils still need a goaltender. I think the Devils have needed a goaltender. And the interesting thing with the Devils is there's so many injuries, right? And we're not even focusing in on them because the goaltending's bad. And mm. when you have a weaker team in front of the net, the goaltender's going to have a harder time. And obviously, no Hamilton, no Siegenthaler, and no Jack Hughes who can control play like no other. That's going to affect your goaltender. But even at their healthiest, we know it's a problem. Um, And not one has provided... Even average play. If they were getting average goaltending, maybe we could pump the brakes on it. It's not happening. You can't have it that you're, you know, goaltending's your undoing. It should be the injuries. And with the Canes, it's nice they're winning. It's nice Kochekov has found his footing a little bit more and that you can count on Ranta here and there a little bit more consistently. But I think that game against the Wild was the prime example why you can't roll forward with this combination. Having the depth of Spencer Martin helps. If you want to use that as a stopgap to decide, or if they think Frederick Anderson is close, that's another conversation. But I feel like we keep looking at the Canes to be that team, and they need a little more oomph. And now it's up front. I could see like one more addition and in goal. Like you got to do something at a certain point. But will they? No, they'll get another <laughs> defenseman. That's the move. And I respect <laughs> that they commit to it. Come on, but please. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. I mean, do you think that this is, you know, obviously paramount to Buffalo's picture right now, which is nine points back of the wings. Um, the wings have been good in the last 13 games and they are kind of like what Buffalo was last year. They are a team that scores a fair amount and they have vaulted into the, and consistently been in that top 10 of goals per game. They have scoring depth. Do you think the wings are going to make the playoffs? I feel like they're just going to miss. Um, but I'm intrigued because. If they're one of the teams that has the assets, the cap space, and the roster space to make a move at the deadline, they're one of the teams that can afford to go Super Bowl to mm-hmm. without completely mortgaging their future. Most teams can't say that. Right. That could be what gives them the edge. But Steve Eiserman doesn't really play that game. If he's going to add at the deadline, it's going to be an impactful move. It's going to be one that I think the mm-hmm. Avalanche and the Lightning have been two of the smarter teams well, the Lightning under Iserman, because we can't talk about that Turner Genote deal. Um, but you look at how they knew when to add, not just who to add, what to spend. And I think that they're very measured with that. So I am curious if the Red Wings do splurge at all. Is a goalie getting hot at the right moment more important than a goalie being consistent all year long? And I'm just saying Alex Lyon last year with the Florida Panthers, getting hot in the last three weeks of the season, getting the Panthers in the playoff spot. Alex Lyon, 
getting hot again with the Detroit Red Wings now. And it's not that Alex Lyons had consistency throughout his career, but he finds a way to get hot at the right moment, which puts his team just above the average. Um, is that the key? Getting hot at the right moment over consistency right now. That's a tough one because it really does depend on how your team's built. In Detroit's case, getting hot at the right time is going to help them. But if they could have a shred of consistency in net, it would help. Lyon is so interesting because when he took over the starting role this year, his first three games were god-awful. And then he hit his stride. And it's so similar to what happened in Florida. He had a first, his first couple games where he took over weren't good. And then he caught fire. Now, I felt like we got cut short of seeing if that was just a hot run because they went to Bobrovsky and he ran with his, you know, regained starting job and you couldn't give the net back anyway. So I would be curious for Lyon. Can he play at this level consistently? Like, I don't think we have an answer to that. But if he can play slightly above average consistently, that is... That's all the Red Wings, I think, could could need. It doesn't have to be elite, elite, elite goaltending. If he can be just above average, I think that is what they're looking for. Two things on the Flyers. The Owen Tippett deal, which is uh, reportedly eight years, $6.2 million per. And will the Flyers be able to hang on after now losing four in a row? The reality is, is while they sit third in the Metro, the Devils, who are on the outside looking in, are only five back with three in hand. So let's not uh, assume anything, even though, a week ago, I said the Flyers are going to win the division, aren't they, Shana? So but funny how uh, things can change dramatically. What's your take on uh, those two Flyer topics? I think the tip of deal is a good bit of business. I think it's pretty on par with his market value. Um, it's a deal that as the team gets better around him, I think it's going to look better and better because he's going to raise the bar. I think he's been so excellent this year. And it's not like they have a ton of offensive support. You have the return of Sean Kateria. You have the consistency of Travis Konechny. But you can see where this team's going. Mm-hmm. which I think gives hope to everybody kicking it up the notch in the next few years. But I, I think he's done a lot with a little this season. So he's earned that. I think that the Flyers could be a team that misses. And it's more because of what they might do at the deadline. I can still see them selling a couple pieces and just continuing on in the process, especially now that they are down to a goaltender. And while I mm-hmm. think Sam Emerson has been very good this year, there's less room for error because you don't have – someone high caliber backing him up. And we don't know how that situation is going to involve, you know, hold either. So I think that adds another wrinkle in everything. I want to just touch on the goalies a little bit again, uh, because yes, Connor Hellebuck, Thatcher Demko, they've had fantastic seasons and they should sit at the top of, you know, goals save above expectation and all of that. But when you look at that list, you have Aiden Hill, you have Connor Ingram, you have Charlie Lindgren, you have Alex Lyon, you have Joy Decord, right? And now you probably could add Stuart Skinner with what he's been doing of late and, you know, the best goalie in the last month in the National Hockey League. So are, are we, I don't like the conversation, but are we going to have that because of Vegas winning the cup last year with, you know, their goaltenders and the injuries that they dealt? Is this again another year of, well, you don't need Connor Hellebuck and you don't need Thatcher Demko and you don't need Shesterkin to be able, or Vasilevsky to be able to win a Stanley Cup? I hope not because it really isn't a one size fit all idea. And I feel like that's, you know, something general managers have to understand. Every time a Stanley Cup team wins, every time a team's, you know, a champion, you can learn from them, but you need to find ways to apply it to your team. And that it just doesn't work for everybody. And I also think it's getting, it it could be a slight to honestly Skinner, which I would be surprised to say at the beginning of the year. And Hill, we look at what Hill has done when he's healthy and he's a very good goalie. We look at what Stuart Skinner did last year 
And then we tie it to what he's doing now with a little more support, a lot more support, really, on both ends of the ice. You know, as long as he's not as exposed, he should be okay. And he's still, you know, a more inexperienced goaltender. When you look at it, he was a rookie last year. So I hope that's not the storyline to come of it, right? We can get by with a mess all season and hope for the best in the playoffs or anything like that. If you're a team that's built a certain way, you can afford that. But I feel like there needs to be a little more realism because there are teams like the Jets who need mm-hmm. that elite goaltending. We can right. look at the Islanders and say they're going to, if they're going to do anything, they need Sorokin to pick it up. You know, mm-hmm. it, it still is the case. If the Lightning have any chance this year, it's the Vasilevsky factor. And if it comes down to Detroit versus Tampa, we're all going to be talking about Vasilevsky still. <laughs> yeah, but what a battle that'll be between New Zealand alone <laughs> and uh, John Cooper. That, that That's pretty and good. And Eiserman and my buddy, yeah. Julien David Brisebois. Exactly. Because uh, exactly. I've had that. Shane, I keep calling Julien Brisebois David Brisebois, who is a linesman in the National Hockey League, by the yeah. way. He's not the uh, Tampa Bay GM. So, yes. <laughs> Real quick, uh, continuing to uh, dovetail, as we like to say off the goaltending topic, tough week for Markstrom. You know, the Flames also got themselves back where they were knocking on the door of Nashville and LA and the Western Conference. And we've talked about LA all week because of how bad they've been and the Sabres just beating them on Wednesday. But Markstrom now is in a tough spot and the Flames are in a tough spot because they've lost four in a row. Like what's going to happen in Calgary, in your opinion? And, you know, based on the chat you guys just had about number one goaltenders, like could Markstrom free himself of Calgary and feel like he could give more to somebody else here? If the Flames want to be bold, yes. And this is the big thing. We don't know how bold this management group is willing to go in mm-hmm. Calgary because it's a different look. It's Craig Connor's first time really managing a situation like this, and we don't know his tendencies. But if I'm the Flames, I'm not okay with finishing the year like they did last year. I'm not okay being in it until the end and just missing out because you're not threading the needle for yourself. And I know some teams just think, hey, let's get to, let's be in the race till the end and let's try to make it. That can't be the answer here because there just isn't enough high end long term talent that would inspire me. And there's not enough elite talent on this roster either that inspires me enough that you can say, like Pittsburgh did with last year, we can run it back. You already did that and it didn't work for you. So yeah. if I'm the Flames, I think you have to go bold, especially depending on how the Lindholm situation works out and the Hannafin situation. Mm-hmm. You could lose three huge players at each position and you're going to be a lot worse for it on the ice. And that's okay because you're going to get returns like no other. And you could kickstart that process and probably accelerate it more than most teams would be able to. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, quickly, Sabres are nine point back. Um, I'm going to not look at the all-star break, but I'm going to look at March 1st. How many points back can they be maximum? Like, I think five is probably the max that you can be. But do they even have to be within two points on March 1st to be giving themselves a real chance to get in? Or is five my goal? Like, cut it in half before March 1st, and then you got another half to go before the end of the season. I think that's fair. And I think that's more realistic, right? Anything else, I think you're setting the bar too high. And I think that's what we all did for the Sabres going into the year. And rightfully so, based on the progress of last year, right? Like everybody had high expectations. They were one of the most exciting teams in the league last year. But I think Mm -hmm. we have to be realistic. So if they can be within five points, it's something. It's progress from where they are now. If they can take the momentum of that Kings win and turn it into something, you know, good for them. And it's going to be interesting because they have so many games on the road in that second half of the season. So, you know... It's it's a different approach than you might take to a home game. And maybe that frees them up a little bit more. But, you know, until you're within that range, it's tough to say, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, enjoy the tennis as always, yeah. and uh, enjoy the hockey. Uh, I think we'll see you next week, even though we're on the, on a little break. But uh, we'll see you next Friday. Thanks for having me. There's Shana Goldman from The Athletic. We'll wrap up Sabres Live with some big birthdays next. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres are in San Jose tomorrow. It'll be the first game for Peyton Krebs as a 23-year-old. Happy birthday, Peyton, as he and the Sabres look to make it. Two wins in a row on this trip and then go into the break. But the one thing about Peyton that we know, Marty, and not to take away from his own celebration of the day, is that he shares a birthday with the great one. Wayne Gretzky is 63 today, the all-time leading scorer, the all-time leading record holder of records. Marty, take a guess as to Gretzky's all-time points per game while playing on his birthday. I would say 2.3 points per game. Dude, you are so close. 2.4. Now, he averaged just under two in the course of his career, but nobody liked scoring as much as Wayne on his birthday. 10 goals, 24 points in 10 career games played on his birthday. So here's hoping Peyton Krebs can follow suit. And begin and, you know, that a game on your birthday. That's treating yourself, right? Like I'm going to yep. play 10 games on my birthday. I'm going to score had, 10 goals. He had two hat tricks. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. That helps. But that I helps. would, uh, back in those days when Wayne was in the league, yeah. I would think that, uh, if he played the day after his birthday, his point per games probably dipped a little bit because of the celebration the night before. There's probably a little bit of a leftover hangover type thing. Uh, one word to describe your hair. For the audience that has not seen it, that will debut on MSG tomorrow. Stay tuned. That's not one. That's two words. No, it's sharp. It's clean. It's clean. See it. See it. Three thirty on Saturday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.